All right, Rabbi, we'll say good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors, our sponsors for this morning shear. I'm sorry to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Shvat. To thank Mrs. Bracha Strimber for dedicating all the Sherman Jarshals this month in loving memory of her husband, Avi Strimber, Avraham Ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi. An anonymous day of learning sponsor in the merit of Arafua Shlema, Farina Esther Bas Yafa Gita, together with Kol Chole Yisrael. With that, let us begin. So, we have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Chof Beis 22, and we are picking up Emir Hashem on Chof Aleph on the Beis 21b, and we are picking up, I believe we left off yesterday, six lines up from the bottom, right at the two dots. Ein pochesin mehen ve'en mosifim. So the, the citation here from the Mishnah is that on certain of these days, pretty much any day other than Shabbos, we don't add on to the number of aliyos, and we don't go ahead and subtract. So says the Gemar Tana, so remember again, the Mishnah also espoused a very interesting model, which was that the person who got the first Aliyah made the bracha before the Aliyah, Shebach Rabbanu, and the person who got the last Aliyah went ahead and made the bracha of Asher Nasalanu after the Aliyah. There were no other brachos made over the course of Kriyas Torah. So says the Gemara Va'idna, so what about now? So both say, obviously at some point in time, this practice changed. Now when exactly it changed, the Gemara doesn't tell us. But Lamaisa, we know, I'm sorry, we know that it changed. We know that it changed. So the Gemara says, now we make a bracha before and after every aliyah. So what's the pshat? So we'll say, this is fascinating. Why do we make a bracha before and after every aliyah? This was a an enactment made because of those who come late and those who leave early. What are we concerned about? We'll say, think about this in just a moment. If all I'm doing is making a bracha, if all I'm doing is making a bracha before I go ahead and enter, let's, let's say this. If all I'm doing is making a bracha before the first aliyah, Let's say someone comes late. Now we're talking really late, right? So a person comes into the shul after the first aliyah, they never end up hearing the bracha of Asher Bacharbanu. And they can erroneously assume that we do not make a bracha before Kriyasa Torah. Similarly, if a person leaves early before leaning is over, you could have a situation where a person never hears Asher Nasan Lanu. And therefore would erroneously assume that we do not make a bracha after Kriyasa Torah. Take a look at Rashi. If a person will come into shul after the first aliyah, We'll say it's really very interesting that you also see something amazing. You know, we take it for granted that knowledge is accessible wherever we want it, right? If we don't know something, you can always Google it, right? You can look up anything anywhere. The Gemara is highlighting over here the reality of the access of knowledge. So the common man gleaned his knowledge based on what he saw. So if I come into shul late, and obviously this is someone who is, uh, you know, who is a habitual offender, 
I'm coming into Shul late all of the time. I'm missing the first Aliyah. I'm missing the first Aliyah. Salah Chalamaisa, again, I can easily begin to think there's no bracha before Kriyasa Torah. I habitually leave early. I can end up thinking there's no bracha after Kriyasa Torah. Therefore, in order, in order to avoid this, in order to avoid this, Halach Chalamaisa, Chazal said, make a bracha before and after each Aliyah. Quite fascinating. Good. So the Gemara goes right there. So the Gemara so is is incredible. The Halacha Lamaisa Sugyo. Watch this. We read four alios. Four alios. Amazing, right? What, what timing of this sugya? Says the Gemara. Parshas Rosh Chodesh Ketzal Koronos. So we'll say, isn't this incredible? The Parsha of Rosh Chodesh. How do we read it? Well, what's what's the problem? Well, see, here's the problem. The actual parsha of Rosh Chodesh is a psukim. So what should we do? Hechi navit. Nikri tre tlasa tlasa psukim. Pashul tre. But remember again, if you take an eight pasuk paragraph and divide it up three ways, what do you get? Three, three, two. Well, that doesn't work. Both is actually two problems with that. Problem number one is we never leave over in a paragraph less than two psukim, less than three psukim, excuse me. So the problem is you couldn't end Shani where you end Shani because it's leaving over less than three psukim. And above, what's the other problem? What's the other problem? You don't do an aliyah less than what? Three psukim. Okay. Nikri arba arba. So ultimately, again, if you go ahead and read four and four and enter into the next paragraph, ultimately, again, you can end up with seven. So what should we do? So remember again, so therefore the easiest thing to do is obviously go into the following paragraphs in the Torah. So how should we structure this? So maybe we'll read. So we'll say. So maybe we'll read two psukim from the par- from the next paragraph, and one pasuk from the paragraph after. Top of chafes. We never begin a paragraph unless, of course, you're going to read three psukim from that paragraph. So the Gemara says. So likri So go ahead and read two from this paragraph and three from the following paragraph. The problem is then you're going to end up what? Leaving over two in the third paragraph. So I'll say, so therefore, again, we're going to run into the same problem. So interestingly enough, the Gemara is dealing with how do we properly structure the Kriyasa Torah for Rosh Chodesh when you don't seem to have a number of psukim that fit well into four alios. So the Gemara says, Amar, Zulo Shamati, Shamati. So remember again, this became a question of Rav Ula from Rava. So remember again, so Ula says, so Ula says, or I should say, Rava says, I'm sorry, um, Ula asks question Rava. So Rava responds, I don't know the answer to your question, but I heard something similar. So Rava said, listen to this. Both we just had this in Mesechus Tainus. This none. Bayomar Yishon, Bayomar Yishon, Bereshis, Bereshis, Vayirakia. Both remember again in the Ma'amados, the groups of Yisraelim who gathered in their respective cities, who did not ascend to Yerushalayim. We're going with the approach that some Yisraelim went with the Kohanim and Levim to Yerushalayim, and others remained behind in select cities. Remember, each and every day they would read. They had a Torah reading. What would they read? 
from my Sebereshis. So again, on the first day, Bayom Rishon, Bereshis, Vayhirakia. On the first day of the Ma'amodos, they would read the section of Bayom Rishon, right? To Vayhirakia. The Taniyala, so let's analyze this. Bereshis, Bishnaim, they would read the paragraph of Bereshis, and they would allocate that amongst two different alios. Yehirakia be'echad. And Yehirakia would be one Ola, one Aliyah. So I'll say, this is all just a quote from Tainus. We asked on that. Bishlama Yehirakia be'echad. I understand that ultimately, again, you could do Vahirakia with one Ola. Titlasa psukihavu. Because the section of Vahirakia, right, the creation of the Rakia, is three Aliyahs. That lends itself Perfectly to one aliyah. Ela bereishis b'shnayim chamisha psuki havu. I will say, how can you divide up the section of bereishis between two aliyos when it's only five psukim? To which the Gemara Sivitanya, hakori batora lo yivchos mishlosha psukim. And I will say, we learned that in general, whenever you have an aliyah, an aliyah is never less than three psukim. So I will say, if you can ever go ahead and read Aliyah less than three psukim, so how do you take a section that has five psukim and divide it amongst two olim? To which the Gemara says, Ve'itmar Allah, listen to this, I will say, so we said about this, how do we explain this? Rav Amar Doleg, Ushmuel Amar Poseg. Both remember this, Machlokas? So Rav said Doleg. Now Doleg literally means skip. But in this context, what does it mean? Repeat. Repeat. No problem. So I will say what we do is, for Olin number one, for Olin number one in, in Bereshis, we'll read Pasek Aleph Beis Gimel. Great. And then for Olin number two, what are we going to read? Gimel Dalit Hey. So we'll repeat, we'll repeat Pasek Gimel twice, allocating it once to the first Aliyah and then a second time to the second Aliyah. So that's Rav. So ultimately again, Shmuel or Posek. So ultimately again, Shmuel says, no, what do you do? You actually take Pasek Gimel Bose. What do you do? Split it in half. Or, or it doesn't have to be Pasek Gimel. You take one of the Pesukim and you'll split it in half, thereby making it into two, which effectively means you make a five Pasuk paragraph into what? Six Pesukim. Good. So, so Rav, who says that you repeat, why doesn't he say that you go ahead and split it in half? So we'll say we've seen this before. Kasavar, kol Pesuka dolo Paske Moshe, because ultimately, again, he held that halacha lamaisa, any pasuk, any pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu did not split, we do not split. We do not split. So the Gemara says, so we, so we, spoke, we spoke about this, by the way, in Mesechus Tainus. I think that, that I mentioned there, this is why some have, some have a little bit of a reservation by Shabbos, by, by, by Shabbos Day Kiddush, I think I mentioned this, right? Alkin Beirach, right? Alkin Beirach. So again, there's a whole discussion there, again, about the ability to go ahead and split up a Pasuk like that. Okay, so the Gemara says as follows. So Shmuel, so therefore, Rav, Rav would rather say we repeat a Pasuk rather than go ahead and split a Pasuk because any Pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu did not split, we don't split either. 
We don't split either. Shmuel over Shmuel says paskin alei. So the Gemara says, but so the Shmuel really say that you could split pesukim. So the Gemara says vaha amarav chanina kra. The boss said all of this is a literal quote from Tainus. We literally just had this Gemara. So the Gemara says so as vamarav chanina kra. So Rabbi Chanina, who was a teacher of pesukim, he said as follows: Sar gadol hayali eitzel Rabbi Chanina hagadol. I had a big tsar, right? I, I had a, a big problem by Rabbi Hanina Hagadol. Why? And what happens? So we'll say, so listen to this. So, so Rabbi Hanina, the, the teacher, the teacher of Psukim said, you know, I was teaching Psukim, and ultimately again, Rabbi Hanina Hagadol would only would give me incredible difficulty about breaking up Psukim. And the only time he would allow me to do it was where? In order to teach children. Right? To which the Gemara says, Why is it that Rabbi Hanina Kra was permitted to go ahead and split Psukim in their non Moshe Rabbeinu split ways in order to teach children? Because ultimately, again, there was no other way. In other words, it wasn't when teaching children, you can't teach them the whole Pasuk at once. In order to teach them, you need to break it up into more digestible parts. Hachanami lo efshar. So to buy the ma'amados. By the ma'amados, there's no other way. Because let's remember again, by the ma'amados, you have three alios, and you need to make two alios out of a five Pasuk paragraph. So the only way to make two alios out of a five Pasuk paragraph is how? Well, you have two choices. You could either repeat or you could split. So Rav says, I'd rather split. Or Shmuel says, excuse me, I'd rather split. But yeah, Shmuel says, I'd rather split. And again, so we'll say, even though we normally say that you're not allowed to split, the exception to that rule is when? When? When there's no other option. When there's no other option. So from Shmuel's perspective, the same way we could split up the psukim in order to teach children because there's no other option. So too, again, over here by the Ma'amados, you can go ahead and split the Pasuk because there is no other option. Ayu Shmuel Amar Poseik, my time Allah Amar Doleik. So Shmuel who says that you could split the Pasuk, why doesn't he say that you can go, why doesn't he agree with Rav that you could repeat it? Listen to this. Mishuman Nechnasu Mishuman Yotzin. The boss said this is fascinating how much latecomers and early leavers drive halacha, right? It's fascinating. It's two examples, literally. You no, know, it's, it's fascinating because, again, human nature is human nature. So what you see over here is, so Shmuel, Shmuel's concerned like this. Shmuel's concerned that if you repeat psukim, what's going to happen? Let's play this out. Reuven comes late to Shul, right? And Reuven comes at the beginning of the second aliyah for the Ma'amados. What is Reuven going to see? What is Reuven going to see? Where are you starting the second aliyah? Where are you starting it? Right? Pasuk, really you're starting it where? Pasuk Gimel. Right? Pasuk Gimel. Now, if you're Reuven, you're really starting Pasuk Gimel. So Reuven is going to draw what conclusion? Which is what? Rishon read what? Two psukim. And Reuven is going to walk away with the erroneous conclusion that halacha lamaisa, that halacha lamaisa, you could read two psukim ultimately again for, for an aliyah. Which also tells you something absolutely amazing, which is what? People often draw conclusions and never what? Never bother to ask, right? Rarely bother to actually find out what the real situation is. It's just human nature. We glean, we glean our conclusions based on what we see 
and we assume that we have all the information at hand to reach conclusions. And I will say, this is so simple. Instead of, why don't we say, Ruben's going to walk in, he's going to see that at Shemri, they're starting at Pasek Gimel. He's going to say, hey, Shimon, what's going on over here? And Shimon's going to say, ah, no, we passing like Rav, and it's Dolik, we're repeating. No, he's not going to do that. It's that human nature is, I know everything, right? What I see is everything I need to know in order to reach my conclusions. And what does Chazal teach us? When you rely on simply what you see, to draw all of your life conclusions, one thing is absolutely certain, which is you will make dramatic mistakes. And I just want to point out, this is now the second time we're seeing this. So Chazal instituted that we're going to make brachas before every aliyah and after every aliyah. Why? Someone walks in late, they missed the first Hashabah Chabaru, they're going to draw the conclusion, ah, we don't make a bracha before we read the Torah. Or someone's going to leave early before the last Asher Nasalanu, ah, we don't make brachas after we read the Torah. I, why, why don't we assume people are going to ask? Why not assume people are going to ask what the halacha is? This looks so strange. Again, human nature is we draw our conclusions based on what we see and we assume that what we see is enough to form an informed opinion. And yet we see clearly from the Gemara how untrue, how false that is. Yet many of us do it each and every day. What an incredible Musar Haskil. What you see is not necessarily what you get. And when we see something, especially if it looks a little bit strange, before we form an opinion about another person, or before we form an opinion about a situation, or before we formulate a hashkafa, or an idea, or a halacha based on what we see, take the time to make sure that what you're seeing is actual MS. Such an incredible yisod. So the Gemara says, May Svei. So the Prabhupada what's coming out over here is as follows. So just remember, our topic over here is incredible. What do I do about Rosh Chodesh? What do I do about Rosh Chodesh? Because the section of Rosh Chodesh only has five psukim. I need to make that into two aliyas. So what am I doing? So what am I doing? So, we'll say, so again, there are two options. The options, again, have been espoused already by the Ma'amados. Again, Machokis, Rav, and Shmuel. I can split a pasuk. Or I can repeat a pasuk, right? I can do. I can do either one. Either one. So says the Gemara. So we'll say now the Gemara just espouses a general rule. What's the general rule? If you have a parasha that's made up of six psukim, you could split it into two aliyas. Right, good. And we'll say if you have what happens if you have a paragraph of five psukim, what do you do then? So the Gemara says, So the Gemara, I'm sorry. So we'll say what can you do? So we'll say if you only have five, let the first Ola read three psukim. Let the second Ola, second Aliyah, read the two remaining from Parsha A. And what? What? Take one. We'll say, here's the good news. There's always more Torah, right? There's always more Torah. It's not like we've reached the end of the line with Pesukim, right? Unless, right? Unless you're over here at the end of Zosa Bracha, there's always more. So just take a Pasuk from the next paragraph and finish out the requisite number of Pesukim. Now, here's the problem. The Yesh Omrim, Shlosha. No. The Yesh Omrim say, yeah, yes. 
Yes, you could begin the next paragraph. In other words, they both say, so if you have a, if you have a section of five psukim, so you could, you could therefore allocate three psukim to the first dola. Now for the second dola, you can have a problem because you only have two psukim left in paragraph A. You could go ahead and begin in part, we'll call it, par, par, you could begin paragraph B, but the Ishomim say you have to read at least three psukim in paragraph B because you cannot begin a new section of Torah and only read one pasuk. There is a three pasuk minimum. So it's going to turn out that Olen number two is going to have an aliyah comprised of how many psukim? Five. But that's okay. That's okay. But that allows you ultimately, again, to allow, that allows you to have proper aliyos. So you could begin the second paragraph, but you have to get at least three psukim. Pachos mishlosha psukim. Because whenever you begin a new parsha in the Torah, you must read a minimum of three psukim in that new section. Vim isa. I don't say it says the Gemara. The Yesh make it sound like there's only one option over here to begin a new paragraph and read three new psukim. It's not true. Vim isa lemandamar dolek nidlok ulemandamar posek nifsok. Why does the Brisa leave out Rav and Shmuel? There's another option on both sides. If you have a paragraph that only has five psukim and you need to squeeze two aliyahs out of five psukim, there are options. What are your options? Tzemach You can repeat one pasuk, right? Read Aleph Beis Gimel for all the number one and then read Gimel Dalet Hey for all the number two. You've got, you've got six psukim. Or other possibilities, read Aleph Beis Split Gimel, right? That's three for number one. Second part of Gimel Dalet Hey for all the number two. And you've got, so what, why doesn't the Brisa mention that? To which the Gemara says, Shani Hasam, De'ef Sharbahaki. So we'll say this is very interesting. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, here's the difference. The difference is that Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, it's possible. In other say, the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel is really predicated on, on a situation, or really is, is, is Shaykh to a situation where you have no other options. In other words, both Rav and Shmuel are going to agree the ideal is not to split a Pasuk. And the ideal is not to repeat a pasik. The ideal is just read more. Just read more. So sometimes that's possible. Sometimes that's not possible for a variety of reasons. So the Gemara is suggesting, when do you get into Doleg or Posek, Rav and Shmuel? That's when you have no other, op- uh, when you have no other options. But when you could simply read more, then of course that's ideal. Says the Gemara. Ultimately, the halacha is like the Yishon Rabbosai, namely, that ultimately, when you only have a parsha five psukim, read three psukim for the first ola, read the remaining two for the second ola, then go into the next paragraph, but you have to read a minimum of what? Three psukim from the new paragraph. The same way that if you begin a new paragraph, you can't begin with less than three psukim. In other words, you can't read less than three psukim. Kach imshayrim beparsha pachos mishlosha psukim. So to Abosai, when you end off an aliyah, you can't end an aliyah with less than three psukim remaining in the paragraph. To which the Gemara says, Pshita. Ohashto maschalta dekam mekel tanakama machmiri yeshomrim. in the beginning, where the tanakama is mekel, because the tanakama says you could be getting a bit new paragraph, even with just one pasuk. Yet ultimately, the yeshomra machmir, shir, the machmir tanakama, lokoshkin machmiri yeshomrim. Certainly, again, the shir, leaving over psukim, where the tanakama says you can't leave over less than three. So the Yish certainly the Yish Omrim will be Machmir as well. Mao the Temo, it was very interesting. What would you have thought? 
Nichnasen shchichi, yosin lo shchichi. This is interesting, what I was saying. You would have thought that ultimately, again, people coming in late is very early. People leaving early is unheard of. Right? Why? Tigimar says, lo shchichi demanchi sefer Torah benafki. Because how could a person leave in the middle of Kriyasa Torah when the Sefer Torah is open? I will say, it's, it's, just, it's just fascinating. Coming late, that's all the time. Leaving early, leaving early, that would be unheard of. Now, Bosin, I want to point out, what he's talking about, he's talking about leaving early is unheard of. He's talking about leaving in the middle of Kriyasa Torah, right? He's not saying, you know, there's rumor going around that there's, a, that there's Asher Levalatzion at the end of Davening. I heard it. I heard it. It's a Shmuel. Right? So I'll say, so, so leaving, so he, he's not talking about leaving early at the end. He's talking about leaving in the middle of Kriyasa Torah. Because there is such a concept like this of walking out while the Torah itself is open is something that one should really avoid, not even out Tfilah, but out Kavarat Torah. So therefore the Gemara says, coming in late, even once Kriyasa Torah happened. So that's, that's, that's much more common. So that's why, again, we have to be more careful Mishum de Nichnasen. But ultimately, again, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, So Nichnasen Shechichi Lefichach Echmiru Yish Omrim Bahaschala. Therefore, the Yish Omrim ultimately, again, will be Machmir, that you can't begin a parsha with less than three Psukim. Because ultimately, again, people coming in late, that's Shayach. But perhaps they would allow you to go ahead and leave over even less than three psukim because Yotzin, people leaving early, is not the Shaykh. Okay, to which the Gemara says, Kamash no, Kamash it's common that everything happens. It's common that people leave early, it's common that people come in late, everything is Shaykh. So I'll say ultimately again, why is it? Why is it that the Tanakamo doesn't seem to be as concerned about leaving over? The Gemara Twitch, the Gemara says, Mishum Yotzin. Because ultimately again, I'm sorry, why is the Tanakamo Machar not to leave over less than three? He says, because the people who may leave early. Why doesn't he similarly therefore say you can't begin a new paragraph with less than three as well? Why isn't he concerned with people coming in late? Amri, listen to this. Man de'ayol shayuli shayol. One who comes in late will ask his friend. One who's leaving early is not going to ask anyone because he's on his way out. Which is what I say is quite fascinating. It doesn't, it doesn't appear based on everything we saw before that people coming in late are asking anyone anyway. That goes back to the sugi before of why I make a bracha before each and every aliyah. Okay. To which the Gemara says, Shalach le rabba braid rabba le Yosef. Hilcha samai. So I say, so bottom line halacha. What, what's the halacha? Now, we'll say, remember again, how did this whole discussion start? This whole discussion started because the first paragraph of Rosh Chodesh, of, of Kriyas of Rosh Chodesh, has five psukim. You'd have to divide it amongst two aliyos. So what do I do with it? So we'll say, so remember again, then the Gemara, I want to point out what happened over here. The Gemara got totally into a different discussion, which is Ma'amados, right? So remember again, by Ma'amados, we have a similar situation. We have a section of five psukim that I need to divide up amongst two aliyos. So remember again, how do I deal with Ma'amados? How do you deal with Ma'amados? What do we say? It's a machlokas. Rav and Shmuel. Rav says Doleg. Shmuel says, po- did I say that correctly? Is it Rav and Shmuel? Rav says Doleg. Shmuel says Posek. Yeah. Rav says Doleg. Shmuel says Posek. Rav says you repeat it. Shmuel says you split it. So Shmuel says, now when the Gemara says Hilchah Samai, Rashi says, the Gemara is asking, what's the halacha by Ma'amados? To which the Gemara says, Hilchah Sa Doleg. The halacha is, we repeat and say, who repeats the second aliyah? Second aliyah. Now, say, now here's what's interesting about this. So that's ma'amados. That's ma'amados. Just seeing how it works by ma'amados. 
Merit Hashem, we're going to have to know this when the Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt. So that was by, by, by Ma'amados on day one. This is really a din by day one, because on day one, the first paragraph of Bereshis has five psukim. So the way it works by Ma'amados is, first Aliyah, Aleph, Beis, Gimel. Second Aliyah, how does second Aliyah start? Gimel, Dalit, Hey. And who, and we'll say, and ultimately again, so that's what it means when it says, and who, who repeats the Pasuk? It's Emsoi. Now Emsoi, Rabbi Osai, again from our mothers, you're reading three Aliyahs. So therefore, who's the Emsoi? Right, Aliyah number two. So Aliyah number two is going to say, he's going to reread Pasuk Gimel. So Rabbi Osai, it's interesting. So some want to understand that this is the same halacha by Rosh Chodesh. Right? By Rosh Chodesh, Rabbi Osai, we repeat the Pasuk. Now which Aliyah do we repeat the Pasuk by? The second. Here's the problem. What's the problem? What's the problem? Rosh Chodesh, how many Elias do we read? Four. Right? So there's a whole Shailim that we've shown him how to understand Emtsoi. Right? Because obviously by four Elias is kind of hard to understand. So some understand Emtsoi just means number two. Number two, which is clearly how we pass him, right? But I just want to point out, isn't this incredible that we're learning this sugya on Rosh Chodesh? No, this is absolutely, absolutely a seven and a half year cycle that we're learning the halacha of Kriyas on Rosh Chodesh on Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Absolutely amazing. But this is the halacha. Again, we're not going to, I'm just giving you a maramakam. There is a fascinating machlok as we're showing them on this about how to understand this sugya. Because again, the maskana, the maskana of the Gemara over here is by ma'amados, not by Rosh Chodesh. But clearly the post can go ahead and take this and apply this to Rosh Chodesh as well. And indeed, that is our halacha lamaisa. The way we make a five paragraph, a five pasuk paragraph into two alios is we repeat a pasuk dolek. Incredible. Let's go weiter. So remember again, the Mishnah said, here's the klal, any day that has mosaf, that has a mosaf, whether it's a tefillah mosaf, karma mosaf, it's the same thing, gets an extra aliyah, has four aliyos. So listen to this. So listen to this. How many aliyas do you read on a tiny seabar? Now, now, what's interesting about a tiny seabar? Now, does a tiny seabar, communal fast day, does it have a karba musaf? The answer is no. But it does, so to speak, have a musaf. In that what? It has additional tfilos. So the shayla is, what do you do in terms of aliyos, right? And we know we have, we have kriyas, so we have to our reading on a tiny seabar. So on a tiny seabar, which has an additional tfilos, but doesn't have, quote-unquote, a carbon musaf, what do I do in terms of alios on a day like that? So it says, Rosh Chodesh, Umoed, Dika, Karban Musaf, Arba. So on one hand, you have Rosh Chodesh and Chalamaid, which both have a carbon Musaf, and have four alios, Aval Hacha, Deleka, Karban Musaf, Lo. But maybe by a tiny seaboard, there is no carbon Musaf, and therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, we only read three alios. O Dilma, Hach and Nami Ika Musaf Tfila. On the other hand, on Rosh Chod, excuse me, on a tiny Sivar, on a communal fast day, there are additional Tfilos that are said. So whether it's Anenu, whether again, Abel says, you saw back in Mesechas Tainus, for the more severe fast days, you have a significantly longer Shmona Esrei. You do have a quote unquote, a Musaf Til, you have a Hosafa, an addition to it. So how do we deal with that? So Tashma, so the Bryce says, you're going to read four alios. Now the inference from that is that what? On a regular Tainus Sibur, I'll read three alios. Right? So we'll say on the flip side, you can say on Mondays and Thursdays, Shabbos, we read three alios. I can infer from that that on the Tainus Sibur, 
I should read four alios. You're right. The truth is, it doesn't seem like you could really answer this question based on the Mishnah. So Tashma, let's analyze. So here we go. Rav went to Bavel on a fast day. Kam kara besifra. He got up. He didn't get an aliyah. He got an aliyah. Pas. So the Gemara says pasach baruch. So we'll say, so, so interestingly enough, Rav went to Babel. He got the first aliyah. He, right, he made the bracha of Asher Bacharbanu. V'chasam, when he ended the aliyah, V'lo Baruch, he did not make a bracha. Right, there was no bracha after the aliyah. Nafel kuli alman payu. Everyone else fell on their face, which sounds like over here, Tachnun. V'rav lo nafel alape. And Rav did not fall on his face. So there's a lot of stuff happening over here. So to which comes one second. Let's analyze. Michti, Rav bi Yisrael kara, my time achasam v'lobar. First of all, the Gemara says, Rav was a Yisrael. So bipashtos, bipashtos, when Rav is getting an aliyah, which aliyah is he getting? Which aliyah is he getting? Number three. If that's the case, why did he not make a bracha after his aliyah? My time achasam v'lobarach. To which the Gemara says, Well, lab mishum de mikra achrina basre. Oh, it must be that what? That there was a fourth aliyah. There was a fourth aliyah. Right? So in other words, Rav Gachlishi, Rav Gachlishi, because he's Yisrael, it's a tiny Sibor. And the reason he didn't make a bracha after his aliyah was why? Because there was someone getting an aliyah after him. Ah, so what do you see from here? What do you see from here? Then the tiny Sibor, you have four aliyos. To which the Gemara says, no. Lo, Rav Bikahanikra, wow. Rav got the Kohen Aliyah. I, but Rav was a Yisrael. Listen to this. Daha, Rav Huna, Kari Bikani. Because after all, again, look at Rashi, we'll say, look at Rashi. Daha, Rav Huna, Kari Bikani. Misechas Gimani Zakin. So we'll listen to this. Just like Rav Huna used to get the Kohen Aliyah. So we'll say there is a concept like this in Halacha. That when there is an outstanding Talmud Chacham, he can get the Kohen Aliyah. Now, what are the mechanics of that? Shalom says the mechanics of it are such that the Kohanim essentially yield their right to that Aliyah to the Talmud Chacham. Now, we don't do this contemporarily, but Allah Chalamais, again, it is a possibility that there's an understanding outstanding to our scholar. Ultimately, Kohanim yield their rights. So, Bishlam Rafuna Kari Bakahani, Tafilu Rav Amirabi Asi de Kohani, Hashivi Dardi, Ramek of Kaifule. So, I understand Rafuna, because even, for example, Rav Amin Rabbi Asi, who were Kohanim, who were Kohanim, and ultimately, again, were a standing Tamidi Chamaverit Israel, they, they were subservient to Rafuna. In other words, Rafuna, was the, the undisputed ranking Talmud Chacham. So it makes sense that even other Talmud Chacham who were Kohanim would yield to him. To which the Gemara says, El Rav, Ha'ika Shmuel, Dikohana Hava, Vidabrale. Also listen to this. Rav had Shmuel. Shmuel was a contemporary of Rav. And by the way, Shmuel was a Kohen. Shmuel was a Kohen. So I will say, Sabipashtos, in other words, generationally, if you are the, if you are the ranking Talmud Chacham, and the other kind of the generation are quote unquote, I'm using the word subservient, but you understand, I mean like halachically, subservient to you, then I understand. But the truth is, Rav has Shmuel, Shmuel is a Kohen, and Shmuel is a peer, right? Shmuel is an equal to Rav. So how could Rav take 
How could Rav take the coin of the Arab? Look at Rashi. So first of all, the Shmuel. Shmuel was the Rav in Narda, right? And furthermore, Vidaber Iluye Rashi says, Nog Hayalios Lamala Mirav, Kedarina Perak Maruba, Rav Lo Ayla Kam Shalabosai. Rav himself was deferential to Shmuel. Rav was deferential to Shmuel. Rav would not walk in through the door before Shmuel would. So how could Rav take the Kohen Aliyah, where there's Shmuel who is a Kohen, and Rav himself is deferential to Shmuel, to which the Gemara listen to this, Shmuel nami mekaf avikayef Rav. The truth is Shmuel was also subservient. In other words, Shmuel was not as great as Rav. The Rav who da'avid le'il covered. Rav was deferential to Shmuel, out of covered to Shmuel, but not because Shmuel was the ranking sage. Rav was actually the ranking sage. But again, Rav in his humility expressed covered to Shmuel. Now watch this. V'chi avid le'ibifanov, shelo b'fanov lo avid. But when did Rav give cover to Shmuel? Only where? In Shmuel's presence. But when he wasn't in Shmuel's presence, Rabbi say, as is evidence in this story, as evident in this story, ultimately he was not deferential to Shmuel, and therefore he was able to take the coin aliyah. Hakinai mistabra dirab v'kanikar. So therefore, Rabbi say, it turns out that Rav is getting the first aliyah, not the third aliyah. And the Gemara says, I'll tell you another proof to this. So we'll say, because if you see that he got the Yisrael aliyah, then we'll also remember, what did the story say? When did Rav make a bracha? When did he make a bracha? Before the aliyah. If he got Yisrael, why is he making a bracha before the aliyah? The fact that he's making a bracha before the aliyah indicates to us what, that he's getting the coin aliyah. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 the achar takhanal. We'll say, this ties back to the, what we started with today. No, when did this story happen? This story happened after the Takana. They both say, which Takana? Which Takana? The Takana that said it should make a bracha before and after every Aliyah. Well, if that's the case, Why didn't Shmuel make a bracha after the Aliyah? Right, what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, Shiny Rav, listen to this. Rav's city. Rav's city in Bava was different. Why? Listen to this. Dima'ayli ayl, meifak lo nafki. say, listen to this. People used to habitually come late, but no one ever left early. So I'll say, so this, is, this is actually fascinating. So it turns out, say that in Rav's locale, what they instituted was an obligation to make an aliyah, a bracha before every aliyah, but you only made a bracha after the last aliyah. Because people came late, people habitually came late. Therefore, you want people that there's a bracha after every aliyah, before every aliyah, excuse me. But Allah, or you want people to know there is a bracha before an aliyah, but people never left early. People never left early. Therefore, they always caught the bracha after the last aliyah. So, Moshe, I just want to point out what's fascinating about this. You begin also to see the sugya we started with today on Kafala from Abayz was also like an, an evolutionary process, right? In the beginning of Kriyas, where there was a bracha before the first aliyah, bracha after the last aliyah. From the sugya on Kafala from Abayz, it sounds like then they transitioned into what? Into what? Bracha before and after every aliyah. But what you're beginning to see is that that's not necessarily, that, that's kind of where we ended. But it seems to be that the Takana was instituted different ways in different places. Like in the locale of Rav, what they first started doing was a bracha before every aliyah, but they only made one bracha after the last aliyah. And then again, somehow later on that evolved again to become what we contemporarily do of a bracha before and after every aliyah. Incredible. So we'll say, point over here is, we still haven't answered our question, which is what? Which is what? On a tiniest tzibor, how many alias? How many alias? Tashma, zakla, koshish, po bitl, molach, ali, am, 
Kigon, Tainis, Tzibor, Vetishabav, Korin, Gimel. So we'll say, now the Gemara says, here's the Klal. The Klal is any day where people have to go to work. Any day where people have to go to work, and if you keep them in shul too long, ultimately, again, there is Bittal Malacha, a loss of an opportunity to work. You know, for example, Tainis, Tzibor, and Tishabav. I must remember again, Tisha, I want to point out, remember, doing work on Tishabav is dependent on what? On what? Minagamakom. We saw this in Tainis. Minagamakom. Now, the Gemara says, if you work on Tishabav, you're not going to see bracha from that work. So that, but nevertheless, the restriction on work is based on Minagamakom. So therefore, again, the Gemara says, for example, Tainis, Tishabav, on a fast day, even Tishabav, you could work. Therefore, again, we keep the number of aliyos to three. But on a day where people aren't working, Kigon is interesting. Rashi Chadashim. So I'll say we'll discuss it in just a moment. Rashi Chadashim. Becholo Shamaid, Rechalamaid, Korin Dalid. We read four alias. So we'll say this seems to be pretty explicit over here. Therefore, Halachalamai Sawat, Halachalamai. So we read three alios on a Titus seaboard, and that indeed is the Halacha. Right? Because we'll say again, and here's the, these principles are very helpful. Any day where there's bitul malacha, in other words, any day where people have to go to work, we keep kriyas Torah to a minimum, right? Three aliyos, and that's it. Any day where there is no bitul malacha, ultimately, again, we read four aliyos. And I will say now, it's interesting over here that the Gemara said there's no bitul malacha on Rosh Chodesh. So some other people aren't working on Rosh Chodesh, so I'm not going to take a show of hands, right? Who's going to work today? So I'll say, what's the pshat? Take a look at Rashi. This is very interesting. Einbo bitul malacha kol kach. So it's interesting. Rashi says there's not as much of a bit of malacha. What does this mean? Shein hanashim osos malacha bahem. Because Rosh Chodesh is a yomtiv for women, and women don't do work on Rosh Chodesh. What the pshat? So listen to this. V'shamati mipi moria zakinzal shenitna lahem mitzvazu b'shvil shelo pirku nizmehen beegel. We both say, isn't this absolutely beautiful? Ultimately, again, because the women refused to participate in the sin of the golden calf, the men came to them for their jewelry to give to the calf. The women refused, and because of their refusal to participate in the sin of the golden calf, they were rewarded with an extra yamtiv, the yamtiv of Rosh Chodesh. And Rashi actually goes on, quoting Tosan, Ba'anima Tzasi Parak, paid the price of Rabbi Eliezer, Shamu Anashim V'lorotzu Litein Izmele Ba'aleim, Ela Amru Lahem, the women said to the men, you want to make an idol? You want to make an idol that has no power to save you? absolutely beautiful. Rashi says, according from Tosas, that what? That women were given a twofold reward for not participating in the Chayda Egel. Number one, they were given Rosh Chodesh as a Yamtiv, as a Yamtiv. And number two, in Olam Haba, women will experience a Hizchachus, a renewal, unlike men. And again, I will say it's tied to the same thing because Rosh Chodesh, the greatness of Rosh Chodesh is a renewal. It's a renewal. Ultimately, against the Sotun Olam Haba, they are given a renewal, a schadshus, unlike men. Such an incredible idea. To which the Gemara says, Shmami. Rabbi says, there's much more to say about that, but it's 627. Right, so says, so again, but, but I want to point out, it's, why, why Rosh Chodesh? In other words, why are they given Rosh Chodesh? Right, Yechid, they go, all right, well, we'll have, so hopefully we'll have a few minutes tomorrow, we'll talk about that more. Shmami, no. So Rabbi says, therefore, I can Allah and Laisa, fast day, fast day, four aliyahs. Done. Amravashi, Vaha, Anan, Lotanan, Hachi, but we have a different version of this. Zeh, 
Any day that has Mosaf, but it's not a Yamtiv, Karnaba. We suppose say an example that would be Rosh Chodesh. We read four alias. La Suye, my what does that come to include? Lavla Asuye, Tainis Sibra Vatishabov. Doesn't that also come to include a Tainis Sibra, a fast day, which Rabosa is a day that's not a Yamtiv, but has Musaf. Now Rabosa understand when the Gemara says that a Tainis Sibra has Musaf, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? It has additional Tfilos. So, right, and yet it says you read four alios. According to Ravashi, whose opinion does the Mishnah reflect? Right, If it falls out on a Monday or a Thursday, Korin Gimel. Ultimately, again, we read three aliyos. Umaftir echad. And umaftir echad, right? And that last aliyah ultimately is maftir. If Tishba falls out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, listen to this. Korin echad. When we read one aliyah, umaftir echad. And that aliyah is also maftir. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, no, the olam korin gimel umaftir echad. No, we always read three aliyahs and one is maftir. Valakasha zeaklal. I, but what do you do with the, what we just said before? The Braisa, the Mishnah, excuse me, that said zeaklal, this is the rule. So the which the Gemara said, lola asuye, rosh chodesh, lola asuye, rosh chodesh umoid. Is it not coming to include rosh chodesh and chalamaid? You know, that's explicit to which the Gemara said, Ultimately, again, then on Rosh Chodesh and Chalamayid, ultimately, again, you read for, to which the Gemara says, you're right. Ultimately, again, I will say that idea, that idea of Rashi says, or Simna Ba'ama, Klaus in the Yav. Both say Zach Klaus is not coming to include anything additional. Zach Klaus is just a way to remember. Switch the Gemara says, Simna Ba'ama Yav, Delotema Yamtiv Chalo Shamoid, Kiad Dadininu. They both say a person should not think that Yamtiv and Chalamoid are the same. You might have thought that Yamtiv is the same thing as Chalamoid, Kamash Bolon, that they are different. Elanaket high kala biadak. Rabbi say, here's the call with this, we'll stop. Call the tafile milsamechavri, tafile gavri yisira. Any day that has an additional dimension beyond its fellow has an additional aliyah. Therefore, hilchoch, so therefore we'll say, what's the baseline? The baseline is what? Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, Mincha. And that baseline, therefore, is three aliyos. Therefore, Rosh Chodesh, Umoid, Di'ika Kabamosaf, Rosh Chodesh, Cholamai, Rosh Chodesh, Koronar Ba, you read an additional aliyah, four aliyahs, Biyamtiv, Dasar Basiyas Malacha, Aliyamtiv, where there's an Isra Malacha, an additional aliyah, aliyah, five aliyos, Biyamikipur, Mdanash Karis, Yom Kippur, which has an additional dimension of a Chiyav Karis, Shisha, six aliyos, Shabbos, Di'ika, Isra Skila, Shiva, and Shabbos, which is more Hamadah, is an Isra Skila, ultimately seven aliyos. And I will say, now again, so what you see over here is you have a number of competing things happening over here. This is the cloud. So I will say, baseline, three aliyos. Monday, th- Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, Mincha. You have something additional. Karben Musaf, Rosh Chodesh, Chalamayid, ultimately four. Yomtiv, Isra Malacha, five. Shabbos, Isra Skila, I'm sorry, Yom Tiv, sorry, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Isra Kares, six. Shabbos, Isra Skila, seven. But I will say what also contributes to this is what? Any day where there's bitul malacha, any day where you could work, we're always going to keep the number of aliyos to a minimum of three. Any day where there is no isra malacha or where there isn't isra malacha, you can't work, we'll expand the number of aliyos. So I will say we're going to continue with this tomorrow. Stop over here today. Shukran, everyone.